Not going to lie. Not going to lie. I'm pretty jacked up right now. This weekend, starting tonight at 7.30 and 10 o'clock, tomorrow night at 7.30 and 10 o'clock at the Bricktown Comedy Club, our next guest will be taking the stage and leading to you laughing hysterically. He is my favorite radio host. He's my favorite comedian. And even though he's a Niners fan, I'm a Raiders fan. I don't hold him against him. Dan Soder is on the Plank Show. Dan, welcome to Oklahoma, man. What's going on? Thanks, dude. I mean, uh, I didn't know you were a Raiders fan or I wouldn't have called in, but this is fun. Uh, no, man, that's a uh, man. What a lovely introduction. Thanks for having me on the show. I just discovered the bonfire two years ago and oh, I don't know. Yeah. yeah I've, I've, I've completely uh, missed out. So before I get to bonfire questions, two things. Number one, I know you just got into town last night. Have you gone yeah. blue jean shopping yet or not? No, man, I got to go find. Here's the thing, man. I got, I got, Fat is, I got like skinny fat. I'm a, I'm a tall, lanky guy. And uh, during the pandemic, it's just been, you know, ever since the pandemic, I've just been eating like a child. And your boy grew some pretty sweet boobs and some, some hips on them. So I got to go get some new jeans. And I figured, might as well go get some cowboy jeans in Oklahoma, you know? We got places for that. We got places for that. And number two, uh, it's kind of wild. As, as a, and I, I say it, an everyday listener. You'd always talk about your girlfriend, Katie, and I never yeah. put it together until you had her uh, on the show just the other day that it was Katie Nolan. And I have to ask, does it cause you to look at all these people that work at Sports Center different when you're like, hey, I like that guy? And she's like, no, nah, he's an a-hole. I mean, it's yeah, got to affect 100%. some things, right? Dude, dude I, yes, a thousand percent. And I don't ever get to talk about this. <laughs> she, she's you know, it doesn't work at ESPN anymore, and I can't watch the network because I hate – I just know the goings-ons there, and I hate them. I like – it's like um, if, you're, if, if your girlfriend worked at Aetna and then you found out that she got like – you know, she stopped working there and you hated the company, you'd be like – anytime you saw an Aetna commercial, you'd be like, oh, I hate that place. That's how I feel when ESPN's on. I'm like, no, nah, dude, I'm full Bleacher Report now. <laughs> I'm like, I'm full – I just like I'm like I will not I will not get my sports information from you anymore. Not because there's any she she left on good terms. It's just like you just see how sometimes a major company treats people, and you're like, oh, this sucks. This right. just sucks. And I grew up obsessed with ESPN. I like work watch Sports Center every morning. But then I was lucky enough to meet Rich Eisen um, doing Billions, and he was telling me like I complained to him about stuff about Sports Center, and he was like. Yeah, that was my problem. And I was like, oh, so this company just sucks and they don't realize that they're screwing it up by putting the scores on the bottom of the screens. Hmm. Love it. Dan Soder. <laughs> yeah, I'm in. Um, Bricktown Comedy yeah. Club tonight, 7.30 and 10 it'd be funny if you're like, this is. It'd be funny if you're like, we actually have a huge partnership with ESPN. And I'm like, oh, sick. No, no, no. No, 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 no. I was just kidding. No, we're just joking. Listen, uh, coming up here in just a bit, uh, we're going to have all the guys from Get Up on, and then it's going to be around the (laughs) Hey, We're going to bring in Scott Van Van Pelt wants to fight you now. I'm like, all right. All right, let's go. Bald piece of crap. (laughs) Can you take me through how you and and Big J kind of developed your relationship and what kind of led to the bonfire being the show that it is? Because I don't know how else to say this, Dan. I've done radio for like 20 years. And what you guys have, it, it reminds me a lot of Opie and Anthony. And, and it's just, it's a hang. And I love it. And I, I, I listen all the time. So what developed that chemistry? What brought you and Big J together? Oh, for sure. I mean, Jay is a uh, lifelong Howard Stern fan, which he talks about all the time. He's obsessed with Howard. And I worked in radio 
for like eight years back in like Tucson and uh, later in New York. And I was just doing, while I was doing comedy, I just worked at like a rock station or whatever, but I learned kind of the mechanics and how to do stuff. And then uh, Jay, I was Jay's, Jay's like my older brother, Jay, Bobby Kelly, and a couple other people are like my comedy older brothers. And uh, I would just go on the road with Jay and we would just, you know, kind of just do what we do now on the show, but like in a stairwell outside the comedy cellar and Christine, our producer, and Jay's girlfriend was like, you guys need to do a podcast or something. And so we started doing a podcast. This was like 2014. We started doing a podcast, wow. and then uh, we didn't put it out, and Comedy Central found out about it. And they were like, hey, we're launching a Sirius XM channel with original programming. Would you guys want to do it? And so that's how we just kind of found our way to Sirius XM. And then we're on Comedy Central Radio for five years, and then they kind of disbanded all their original programming. And so we moved to Faction Talk, and we've been there for, like, you know, a year and a half now. And the ultimate listening experience is Monday, Thursday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Is that right? Yeah, if you want to, if you, if you have SiriusXM and you, and you can get all the shows, the best way to listen to the show is Monday live. Uh, and then if, if, if you, it's at the end of the week, you go on demand. You go Monday, <laughs> Thursday, Tuesday, Wednesday, because that's how we record. Because we're, you know, we're on the road. Yeah, because Thursday show we usually we got to get done, and both of us are on the road. Like I was flying out here yesterday, so we just record that first on Tuesday. It's like the first show we do on Tuesday. Not your first time in Oklahoma either. I know you've done some shows in in Tulsa. Uh, have you done shows in Oklahoma City before? No, it's my first time in Oklahoma City, man. And holy hell, I did not know it got this hot. I mean, <laughs> this is insane. This is crazy. I'm from Colorado, and I was like, oh, it's probably close to Colorado weather. And wow, was I wrong. <laughs> This yeah. is scorching. It, it sounds terrible to say it's actually a little bit cooler today than it's been. I mean, cool. triple digits, oh, uh, not, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just terrible yeah. right now. But you're, okay. In a, in a nice, chill 98. Yeah, yeah, it's just cool. I might even break out a sweater later today. Dan, <laughs> are, you're a big NFL guy, big Niners guy, but for those yeah. who don't know, you grew up, your childhood best friend was Mike McDaniel, who's now the head coach of the Dolphins. Yeah. Does this affect any of your allegiances, and how cool was it to have – your, your childhood best friend who you're still tight with that was an assistant coach, the offensive coordinator, on your favorite team. It's got to be kind of a whirlwind of fan emotions. Yeah, I, I didn't believe it at first. It felt like a dream. We were like, oh, my friend, because, you know, he's been coaching since we were 20. He's been coaching for like 16 years since we mm -hmm. were 22. And so he just bounced around to teams. And when he would be on a team, you're like, yeah, go Falcons. Yeah, you know, go Browns or whatever, wherever, wherever you would be. And then when he ended up on the 49ers, I was like, oh, this is, this is awesome. And my grandma's still out in the Bay Area, so I would go to games. And then just to watch him climb the coaching chain to where he's the offensive coordinator of the 49ers, and you're like, this is crazy. And then I saw it coming, where it was just like a bunch of articles about how great he is. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. And then he's like, yeah, I'm interviewing with the Dolphins. And I was like, no. And selfishly, I was like, come on, one more year. Go get a chip. <laughs> and then he took the head coaching job at the Dolphins, which I understand. He liked the situation. Uh, but what's crazy is Katie's a diehard Patriots fan, and she's like, oh, cool. So now twice a year i got to root against your boy. And it's like, I'm certainly not going to cheer for the pass in those games. So, it's, yeah, he's causing a little friction in the house. What was there a moment? And I, I think you actually, I was watching a Rich Eisen interview you did, and I think you guys actually talked about this. So excuse me if I'm asking the same question that's been asked a thousand times. But there was, was there a moment when you're like, 
holy smokes, man, this dude's legit. He's going to be a head coach. Uh, I, I would have told you that as his friend. I think I would have told you that because I knew how big of a nerd he is and, like, how much he, like, just pours himself into work. You know when you have that friend that you're just like, oh, yeah, they're all about their job and they're going to be successful? He, it was just that was always him, but it just happened to be he worked in the NFL. So you were like, I always knew he was going to be successful, and I always knew he was going to make it, like, to a, a, a high coaching job. But to become a head coach before 40 – really impressed me. I was like, damn, dude, he really did do it. And, you know, he was always the smartest kid I knew. So it was like, oh, yeah, he's going to be good at whatever the hell he does. Dan Soder is at the Bricktown Comedy Club tonight and tomorrow night. You can get tickets through Dan's website, uh, dansoder.com, or you can go to Bricktown Comedy Club, and they have uh, tickets available there. Dan, a couple more, and I'll let you get out of here because we haven't even got into wrestling talk. But before we do that. Woo! I mean, let's. Let's light it up. We can go do three hours wrestling. I know. I mean, Brock Lesnar coming down with, I, I don't know, like a heavy machinery Love. and tearing up the ring. Loved it. It was, it was like Attitude Love Era it. was back. It was great. But hey, Trey Lance, how you feeling? Are you good? Or, are you believing or what? We'll see. I mean, I believe in Kyle. I believe in Kyle Shanahan. So we'll see what Trey Lance can do. I think he's like got talent that is second to none the way he's like athletic and he can move around. I'm excited to have a quarterback that can kind of frustrate people the way Russell Wilson does, Yeah, where you try to sack him and he gets away and then something opens up. So I'm hoping that's what we get with Trey Lance. I'm hoping we get a guy that can elongate a play like five more seconds to get someone like Kittle or Ayuk open. Or so, you know what I mean? Or Debo now that he's well paid. I'm just hoping we uh, – I'm just hoping that Trey can just keep the train moving. That's all you want. And yeah. I'm going to miss poor Jimmy G because I don't know if you've been seeing this. But Jimmy Garoppolo hasn't been traded, and he's not on the 49ers. He's not practicing with the 49ers, but he's working out on the side while they practice. Wow. And it is sad. It's like you get divorced from your wife, but you're living in the basement. <laughs> you're just like, yeah, I'll go down to my room. And you're like, hey, sorry it didn't work out. <laughs> uh, go ahead, Josh. You want to jump in real quick? I do. Dan, so – you obviously went to the University of Arizona. The big news in the sports world is USC and UCLA off to the Big Ten. Have you like been this. following this? And what what is your reaction to everything going on with that? Uh, I think it's hilarious because I went to Arizona mostly because I could get in. Um, and I was willing to take the loans to pay their astronomical fee. But uh, I'm a huge University of Colorado fan. And so I grew up loving the buffs. And I was like, oh, Arizona – we won't have to play Colorado because Colorado's in the Big 12 and Arizona's in the Pac-10. And then Colorado moved to the Pac-10, and I was like, well, this sucks. <laughs> and then now everyone's fleeing the Pac-10, and now there's talks that Colorado wants to go to the Big 12. And I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm mad at all college sports. I'll just watch SEC football and ACC football, and I'm going to leave the rest alone because I'm furious with all this until they get it settled. Got to get you in town for an OU game. I don't know how far I, I would go. Your schedule. That. I would, I would love to go to a Sooners game. I miss watching Big Twelve football. That's what I, you know, I grew up watching the Big Eight, right? And then which became the Big Twelve. And like, man, did I love when Colorado would play Oklahoma or those old Nebraska Oklahoma games. It's like, man, I miss, I miss the Big Twelve being like full of actual rivalries. Mm. 
I know a guy. We'll get if you're in town anywhere close, sure. or if you guys are around, we got to make that happen. All right. So before I let you go, are we worried about the post Vince McMahon era? Are you more fired up about it? I thought SummerSlam was a good start. I thought Raw was nice. I'm excited about SmackDown tonight. Where does Dan Soder stand in the future of the WWE? I'm telling you, man, this is historically one of the craziest times to be alive as a wrestling fan because you're going to see what the WWE is without Vince McMahon. And uh, so far, so good. Raw was awesome. I think Vince not micromanaging everything is going to let Triple H rules, man. He turned NXT into one of the best brands out there, and then they took him out of it. So now that he's running the actual WWE, I'm very excited. I'm very excited to see people come back that didn't like Vince, and I'm excited to see, you know, kind of, not the same thing over and over again, which is what we were getting with like Roman and Brock. I got a chance to meet Stephanie McMahon like two weeks ago randomly. It was just, it was the oh, most, yeah. and I wanted to sit there and like start nerding out, like what's going on? Where, where are we headed? But yeah, yeah. I, I stayed calm. Yeah, I stayed did. cool. It was okay. Did you want to be like, did you ever really want to marry Tess? <laughs> was it really Tess that you wanted? Or did, was Triple H, did you know you're going to end up with him? When The Undertaker kidnapped you, what was the concern level like? <laughs> where, where did he keep you? What did he feed you? Dan Soder, you're the best, man. I'm so excited that you're oh, in Oklahoma. You on, man. I, I hope a lot of people get out and support it. I know you're coming to Tulsa, too, in a couple of weeks, right? Dude, I can't get enough of Oklahoma. I'm coming back for all of it. I'm, going, <laughs> I'm coming to Tulsa in two weeks, but I'm, I got you know four shows, two shows tonight, two shows tomorrow. This club at Bricktown, man, it's a great comedy club. So if you live in Oklahoma City, even if you can't make it out this weekend, this club rules. Come and check out a show there. They're, they're doing it right. Tickets at uh, BricktownComedy.com, DanSoder.com. Dan, love it. Uh, best of luck tonight. Uh, best of luck Thanks, in the man. future, Thanks, and I appreciate your time. Yeah, dude, you guys rule. You guys have a good one. Thanks, Dan. Dan Soder. Right. Did I fanboy out too much, Josh? No, you were good. You okay. kept it in the lanes. How, right. how awesome was he? Really down-to-earth, cool guy. I want to tell you something, too. I was I, – I, these guys, the Dan Soders of the world, uh, the comedians that we've had an opportunity to interview in the past. I think Dan's the first comedian that we've had on on the show. Because um, I love talking to him. I'm infatuated with comedy. My wife always tells me I'm not funny, so I like to be around funny people, especially guys like Dan Soder, who are just diehard sports fans. Um, how they're able to turn on and off the language is amazing to me. Because Dan will drop some bombs, but there was like a few moments, I think, where he, where he stopped a bit, right? <laughs> You're like, like, I hope uh, Josh right. is ready on the dump button. I was ready for it, but nah, he was, he was totally, totally good. No stress. You know, it, and just, I don't think Dan, but Dan has overcome so much in his life. I mean, not like you need the, the comedian's sob story in order to go and appreciate it. Um, I mean, just from having a dad that wasn't overly involved in his life to a, a, a mom that, that struggled. He struggled with addiction like Mike McDaniel did and alcohol. It's just, just a great freaking dude, man. And I, I'm, I'm so happy right now. I'm a 47 year old, I guess you could say somewhat radio professional who just dorked out like he won the lottery. I'm not even kidding. I love that guy. Dan Soder, go support him. Bricktowncomedy.com. DanSoder.com. Two shows tonight, two shows tomorrow. In Tulsa, he's coming in two weeks. Let me double check where he's um where he's coming in two weeks. Uh, uh in a couple of weeks, he is going to be at Oh my gosh, he's going to Kane's Ballroom? Dude, Dan Soder's performing at the Kane's Ballroom on Saturday, August 27th.
That is big time, man. I got to call my man Chad Rogers. I got to get to that event. But there you go. Two shows tonight, two shows tomorrow night, and then obviously uh, Kane's Ballroom coming up on uh, Saturday, August 27th. Good times. All right, quick break. Thanks to Dan Soder for joining us. If you missed it, it'll be available on the podcast page. We'll get to your Air Comfort Solutions text next right here on The Ref. I, I don't even want to do anything now. I just want to like, go watch Dan Soder clips now. So Bricktown Comedy Club tonight, tomorrow night. Uh, tickets available at BricktownComedyClub.com or DanSoder.com. And then Kane's Ballroom. I can't even believe I didn't realize he was playing Kane's. That's big time, man. You might know him as the dude from Billions, all right? That's fine. Anyway, welcome back into the Plank Show. Do you want to do like a mini top five story? You don't even have to hit the sounders just to let our friends know that every single day here on The Ref, if you miss any of the news of the day, we get you caught up. We call it the top five stories of the day, and it's brought to you by Newcastle Casino. If you're not familiar with Newcastle Casino, you need to be. They are where real gamers come to play. You can uh, conveniently find them off I-44 and exit 107. 14 table games, blackjack, three-card poker, ultimate Texas Hold'em, and Backrat. All right, um, do, do, do you need the uh, highlight again from last night, Josh? Oh, I would. I gotta hear it. Remember, it was just really, it was really loud. It was really, really loud. Raiders Jaguars kicked off the preseason. Was all alone, led his way in there. Jermaine Illuminor led the way, and for the first time here in 2022, the Raiders have a touchdown. Amir Abdullah on the eight-yard touchdown run. You know, the big story that's developing from this game last tonight was the use of Josh Jacobs. You know, typically in exhibition games, you don't see a lot. I shouldn't say exhibition games in general, but just in the very first one. But Josh McDaniel said afterwards, hey, I I like to have our running backs run. Every single running back on the roster played last night. It wasn't, it wasn't like Josh Jacobs played and no one else did. I mean, every single one of them did. And Josh McDaniel said, hey, that's that's kind of my thing. Uh, quote, I always think it's good for backs to carry the ball in the preseason. There's a lot of things that happen when you're getting tackled and hit that you can't simulate in practice. I think all of our guys had the ball tonight. All of our guys either caught it or were handed the ball and got tackled. We can't really simulate that rep in practice. Are you you buying that from Josh McDaniels? I think I am. Can't simulate it in practice. You can try to, but a live game rep, just a little bit different. You know what else I got uh, from that? I think a lot of Raiders starters are going to play this preseason. I really do. And that's been a Bill Belichick thing. Go back historically and look at how often that his guys play during the preseason. So uh, Raiders ended up winning last night. couple of baseball notes. We had a walk-off wild pitch last night in Major League Baseball. Here's the 0-2 from Bush. Oh. To the backstop. Here comes Reynolds, and he will score the winning run for the second straight day, this time on a wild pitch. Another walk-off win. They beat him 5-4. So the Brewers, who are currently battling for their division, traded away their closer, though some would argue that Josh Hader was on the back end. Their new closer gives up a walk-off home run on Tuesday night. I'm sorry, on Wednesday night. 
Then on Thursday night, their new closer throws a wild pitch that ends up giving the Pirates the win. Trouble. Trouble. Meanwhile, you heard it right here uh, on our flagship station on the ref. The Cards won in walk-off fashion. Pitch on the way. A swing, and there's a hit to right. Up with the ball in right field, Suzuki. Around third. Arenado's trying to score the throw. Save! A Redbird winner! Lars Newtbar, the game-winning hit in the ninth. Anything else baseball-wise? Oh, the, the Aaron Judge thing. The final offer got leaked last night to Aaron Judge. Brian, uh, Brian Cashman had this to say. His camp was aware a week before that was going to be public, so it wasn't anything new. It was like, hey, we're either going to get a deal done, we're not going to get a deal done. We'll be very transparent because there are no secrets. Things get out regardless, mm -hmm. so we're just going to run right to it. It's so highly covered. Ultimately, if we left it as is, the next day it would have been, we offered this. You know, I, I, I says is what the offer was. So, so it was coming either way, so we were just very open and transparent because it was such a big uh, uh, focal point. Dude, my man is struggling there to try to get his question in, wasn't he? Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> sounds like Arnie. Um, I, I don't. They knew the offer was going to get out. Why is everyone freaking out about this? Aaron Judge, I don't think he's going to be a Yankee next year, Josh. I, I think he's going to sign somewhere. I think he's going to end up being a guy that um, plays the market a little bit. And I don't blame him. But, you know, you look at the Spotrack numbers, 19 mil, that's a little underpaid right now. For and, Judge? Yeah. For Aaron Judge, which sounds wild, but it's true. Um, Aaron Judge. Is he a Yankee next year? And if not, where do you have him going? I think he could be a Met next year. Boy, that would be one heck of a storyline if he stayed in New York City but went to the New York Mets. That would be absolutely wild. I'm going to say that before it's all said and done, they present an offer to Aaron Judge that – Look, has enough cash, and he wants. Yeah, he wants to stay a Yankee. It's just hard for me to envision him in anything other than pinstripes right now. Same way, I mean, absolute same way, dude. Impossible to think of him in anything other than pinstripes. So let's see, we had camp storylines. If you missed those, practice starts this morning. You can check them out on the podcast page, and then a couple of NFL notes beyond just the game last night. Uh, Tony Busby has been outspoken on what he thought was an unfair suspension towards his clients of Deshaun Watson. He felt like it should have been more. We are here today with a message to the NFL. That message is simple and hopefully clear. Every victim of sexual assault is watching Robert Goodell and the NFL right now. And this idea that Mr. Goodell is going to hand it off to someone else independent, we don't buy it. Mr. Goodell, what will you do? It's never too late to do the right thing. And that's what these women and those watching are expecting. Thanks much. I, I'm kind of done with Tony Busby, right? It's like, okay, listen, you've got your 24 cases settled. Time to move on. But in this instance, he, he, has, a, he has a point. And it does kind of, I mean, everything is done, right? Uh, wait, I'm sorry, there's what, one? And did they just settle that one remaining person? Am I, didn't that come down right the night before the suspension? Yeah, there was one yeah. outstanding, so. Yeah. and they settled. And, I mean, what, 
what more do you need? And I found it interesting that even with the money side of this resolve, that he's still he's still out there fighting. Just kind of interesting. Little, little side note on the whole Deshaun Watson saga. And A.J. Brown appears to be a little bit bent about his trade from Tennessee, but he's taking it all in stride. You know, it's a business, and I'm not I'm not uh, upset about the trading thing because it is a business or whatever. Um, but I, to be honest, I just didn't appreciate how it all went down. You know, and they just kind of blame me for it, you know. Um, I'm, I'm man enough to say that, you know. So, however people may take it, but, you know, I have no bad blood with Tennessee. You know, I'm moving forward. I'm happy to be here. A lot of things were, a lot of things people don't know about, you know, and they just point fingers at me. But that's okay, though. Yeah, he was getting blamed a lot in Tennessee. I thought, I, I think two things there. Number one, the Titans did a good job of getting out and controlling the narrative. And number two, uh, the Tennessee market is a bunch of homers. I said it. Those who cover the Titans, they're marks for the team. And you might say, Blake, you're marked for the Sooners. You're right. I am. But I'm not just going to sit here and bash a guy if they moved on from him like Tennessee has A.J. Brown. I think, Josh, I don't know what how you feel about Jalen, and we haven't talked too much about Philly, but I think A.J. Brown's got a chance to have a big season for the Eagles this year. Oh, it's a huge addition for them, man. Massive. Are you kidding me? You're talking about one of the best wide receivers in the National Football League. Same way that Tyreek Hill for Miami, right? You don't think that's a big-time game-changer for Tua Tungabailoa? Of course it is. Um, let's see. What else What else was I? Oh, oh uh, do you want to hear the Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> yeah, talk okay. about ayahuasca. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, here, here you go. It was a very deep and meaningful uh, couple nights uh, ceremony, and I came back and knew that I was never going to be the same. And like you said, it, it doesn't – you don't do that, and then not, for me, I didn't do that and think, "Oh, I'm never playing football again." No, it it gave me a deep and meaningful uh, appreciation for life. I really feel like that set me on my course to be able to go back in to my job and have a different perspective on things, and then to, to be way more free at work as a leader, as a teammate, as a friend, as a lover, and I really feel like that experience paved the way for me to have uh, the best season of my career. Aaron, how much did you pay your shaman? Yeah, I was going to say, how much of that did you take? I, though I do have to laugh now. Everyone is – Aaron Rodgers is kind of coming out and saying, I'm a different person, I've done this, I've done that. And now everyone's like, wow, Aaron Rodgers has never talked about rookie receivers like he are, like he is these guys. They're going to be amazing. Like uh, Maybe just realizes he's kind of been a jerk for so many years. Maybe he's still on the ayahuasca, but he sounds very mellow. I'll give him that. My man is, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. I, I love it. I, I'm not complaining about it. I'm not saying there's anything wrong. It's just it's it's such a unique approach from a high-profile athlete, right? It is. And you know what? We ultimately just have to. Applaud the honesty. You think he's the only guy in the National Football League that has gone on an ayahuasca trip? Of course not. But he's the only quarterback in the National Football League that's – here's a great question. How many other quarterbacks in the National Football League – I mean, like Patrick Mahomes, right, your franchise guys that we think are big-time superstars now and into the future. There's not – there's a short list of guys right. at quarterback or any position that could publicly say, hey, yeah, you know, I've been uh, – been on a couple of ayahuasca trips, and, man, it was a meaningful, a spiritual experience for me. There's only so many guys. It, there's 
a number of players that we would crush for this plank. Crush them. You know what I keep waiting for? I keep waiting for the Mike Florio Pro Football Talk article that he should be suspended for a game for admitting to taking a psychedelic. These are banned on the NFL list of banned substances. Has, has that article been written yet on Pro Football Talk? Because I'm pretty sure that wet blanket will write it over there. No offense. I get it. But you know it's coming, right? You know it's coming. I'm just waiting for Colin Cowherd to spin this into this is why he's the perfect leader for the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> no, Colin Cowherd is now turned on Aaron Rodgers. I don't know if you've heard the promo that airs a bazillion times. It's all about Russell Wilson and for some reason Andrew Luck now. <laughs> I, I don't know what's going on there. All right, quick break. When we come back, those are in, in some way, shape, or form our Newcastle Casino top five stories of the day. It's day one of practice. We've got you covered all day long for the Oklahoma Sooners. We hit our top five storylines. We've got more to get to. But um, when we come back, let's hit your air comfort solutions of text, including the best of the unanswered texts of the week here on The Plank Show. All right, welcome back into The Plank Show right here on The Ref. Let's go. What a day. What a day. I feel like we've accomplished a lot. Right? We got the Big Ten knocked out. We got camp storylines knocked out. I feel like I've done a good job of keeping the text line going today. Haven't really opened it up for calls. Sorry. Call call Steel Man today. Call Teddy and Tyler. There we go. Call Locked In. Call, I, I say Teddy and Tyler. You know, today's Travis. Travis Davidson is in on the rush today. So a lot of crew talk from two to three, and then obviously from three to six today. You know, hey, by the way, I forgot one thing, and you talk, You were with Danny Stutzman on me, at Media Day, right? And Bob Prisbillo brought this up when I, I, was, I don't know if I was listening. To, I think I was listening to Bob on the podcast. And how about Danny Stutzman saying that Brent Venables, one of the first things he said to him was, you don't prepare like a Big 12 linebacker. Were you sitting there when, that, when he said that, when he said that Brent told him that? No. No, I don't think so. That's... You want to talk, and, and not as if, I don't think anyone looked at Danny Stutzman and said, oh, gosh, this guy's got to do this better. Or this. I mean, just we're excited to see him in his element. But Brent Venables, basically, one of the first things he said to him was, you got to prepare better. And I just, you know, sometimes, I don't know how you feel, Josh, but sometimes when I get criticized, like, and that's, it's constructive criticism. You know, I'm there might be a, what? What? But when it's coming from a guy who has coached in, what, six national championship games, has, what, three national title rings, it it resonates. And, I mean, in everything that we've heard about Danny Stutzman this offseason from all of the – I, I see you out there, the Stutzman army and, and, and everyone that's having fun with his great personality. Bro, it sounds like he was challenged to be a better preparer, and it looks like he's done it. That can be a harsh dose of reality. Oh, yeah. But you know what? That's great. Great that he was able to get that type of criticism, receive it, and hopefully come out on the other side of it. And look, if that's what we got from Danny Stutzman not preparing to the full uh, capability, then guess what? I can't wait to see what's next with Danny Stutzman investing a little bit more. And, oh, by the way, he's a year wiser, older, stronger, faster. It's exciting. 
Um, so the Aaron Rodgers quote has elicited something off the Air Comfort Solutions text line and on Twitter. My man KC Ping writes, Aaron Rodgers has been hanging with Mr. Cheezle from Grandma's Boy. Now, Mr. Cheezle. Yes, he does kind of sound like he's been hanging with Mr. Cheezle. So Grandma's Boy is on the to-be-watch list. I've never seen Grandma's Boy. Is that up there with, like, I've never seen Godfather or I've never seen uh, Godfather 2 type of outrage that would be elicited amongst some part of the community? I think for a particular faction of the listening audience, <laughs> it might be like Godfather, but I would not say that's a general okay. rule of thumb. Let me be clear. I'm not saying I haven't watched Godfather. It's just when you hear people, they're like, I never watched Godfather. Never watched it. <laughs> what, what, what did Peter Griffin say in, in Family Guy? It what on itself? There was something. That was his knock on the God. Now I got to find this. This is going to kill me for the rest of the show. Um, gosh, you used a term. Let's see, Peter Griffin on the Godfather. <laughs> Which, by the way, who would have thought that Grandma's Boy and Godfather would be in the same day? <laughs> or at least in the same conversation. All right, hold on, hold on. Here it is. Of course, you've got to get through the... The advert advertisement. But since we're all going to die, there's one more secret I feel I have to share with you. I did not care for The Godfather. What? Did not care for The Godfather. How can you even say that, Dad? Didn't like, didn't like it. Peter, it's so good. It's this, like the perfect movie. I, this is what everyone always says. Whenever they say, oh, Robert my De Niro, Al Pacino. I, I mean, you listen, never see... Robert Duvall! I, no, I, no, fine, fine actor. Did not like the movie. Why not? Did not, couldn't get into it. Uh, explain yourself. What didn't it, you like about it? It insists it upon insists itself. It insists on itself. What? It insists <laughs> upon itself. What does that even mean? Because it has a valid point to make. It's insisting. It takes... It insists it upon itself. <sighs> uh, more of the Air Comfort Solutions text. Uh, <laughs> was that Aaron Rodgers or Bill Walton? Okay. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is just getting his next page ready. That being Hollywood, lover, so funny. Uh, from the 405, I cannot get the image of Aaron Rodgers' O face out of my mind. Uh, Burley writes, "Creepy McCreeperson." <laughs> Not somebody that gets the show. I'll say that. Stoner would also maybe apply. Stoner would apply. Uh, all right, let's get a couple of uh, Air Comfort Solutions texts in here that aren't related. Wade writes, "Is that a criticism saying he doesn't prepare like a Big Twelve linebacker?" Yes, yes, it is. I understand that in in your mind and in a lot of people's minds, they might say, oh, it's, he's basically saying you're not preparing like a big-time backer is what he's saying. Power maybe, five backer, Big 12 right. backer, SEC, you name it. You Just Oklahoma happens to play still in the Big 12, so his point was you need to prepare better. Shane from Newcastle, how about this? Just past Memorial Stadium, pretty sure the entire city could hear Britt Venables on his microphone. That's awesome. Love it. Yeah, and, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, boy, I'm going to really be proven wrong here. I think they're doing most of their work there on the field. I don't think they're driving over to the the rugby fields. I don't think, and I could be wrong, but I think most of what they're going to do is going to be right there. Now, could, again, like I said, could be wrong, but at least that's my understanding. Um, By the way, my man, and the super secret text Tosto line, behind. Grandma's Boy is amazing. Cult classic. It is definitely a cult classic. I would 
1,000% agree with that. Here's a good question. Chris and Josh, what's the difference in watching content on Sooner Vision on ESPN Plus and the new branded Sooner Sports TV? Oh, that's a... Okay, I got an explanation of this. And here, here's basically the way to understand it. Live events, live programming, and a certain amount of historical archives, ESPN+. Plus. If you want to watch the Sooners play, I don't know, give me an early season basketball game that people might, Norfolk State, ESPN+. Plus. You want to try to find a game from a couple years ago? Sooner Vision. The the whole thing is, while these archives are pretty cool here early on, they're going to stay on ESPN+. Plus. For the most part, the games will time out, and there'll be a point where ESPN+, Plus. I don't know if it's because of server size or what, but it inevitably they have to burn and churn. So if it gets removed on ESPN+, Plus, it'll be on Sooner Vision. If there's a game, you know, ESPN+, Plus isn't all that interested, I think, in like the one camera shoots. So if there is a softball game or a baseball game or a volleyball game that might be just one camera or they don't have the staff for it, whatever, that might end up being on the the new Sooner Sports TV. But ESPN Plus is going to have all the live games, the Brent Venables press conference, all of our coaches' shows, the assistant shows, and things of that nature, and, of course, the Kent State game. So does that – I think I explained that fairly well. But Sooner Vision on ESPN Plus, that's going to be – that's going to be your live events. And for a couple of weeks, the replay of those live events. But, again, at some point, they'll time out being on ESPN Plus, and you'll always be able to find them on Sooner Sports TV. That makes sense? Did I confuse it even more? No. Okay. That was well – Spoken, well explained. Thank you. At least that's how I had it explained to me. Um, we're doing a break. We're almost done. We're almost done. Had a very good two two questions. Arla Marie phrase that. Three tweets, text, whatever, that in a lot of ways kind of give us an incredible perspective on one big question from this week. And we'll wrap it up with him next, right here on The Ref. All right, yesterday, one story we kind of cracked up about because during media day, Theo Weiss mentioned how he wanted a defensive, always wanted a defensive-minded coach. And he didn't really have an explanation for it or explanation. Right? He's like, I, I don't know how to explain it. We had two text messages that are pretty good. One, I, I don't think they, I mean, I think True knows that Theo Weiss is a receiver, but he writes, defensive-minded coaches usually utilize and prioritize running backs more. Okay, but that wouldn't really help in the Theo Weiss situation, right? But these two really kind of caught my eye. What is the best way to learn your weakness? Teams scheme through defense, writes the 214. Theo can learn what they're doing to stop him. I kind of thought that was pretty good, Josh. Yeah. I mean, you get a defensive-minded coach in there that gives you an idea of, 
hey, how to go attack a defense maybe That's right. a little bit better. And one more from the 405. This the great, is the one. Is the teams, teams are usually more disciplined and ready to go from my experience of coaching high school ball with defensive-minded coaches. Ding, ding, ding. I think that's what Theo Weiss is getting at. He thinks it's going to set the team up for better team success. I hope he's right. I hope he's right. And then earlier this week was a, a great debate about playoff expansion. And I think that will continue all through next week and beyond. But Kevin and Tulsa writes with a 12 to 16 team college football playoff, you have issues with the fan base being able to afford to go. Even worse for teams that make the eventual championship game. I might have actually held on to that text a little bit too long. But I think his point is, is, is an interesting one, but I also think it opens up the door for those on-campus games. If we go to 16 in the playoffs, then, Josh, you better have two home games in there. That's just my thought. For the higher-ranked team. For the higher-ranked team, two home games, and you're good to go. Oh, and by the way, the championship or bust mindset from the 405. There's championship or bust pressure on Oklahoma every year. It's why you have their budget. I mean, Nick Saban finished runner-up last year and had a down season. Ohio State lost two games last year, and they basically fired their whole defensive coaching staff. I mean, there's certain things that, yes, you're right, conference championship or bust, but, I mean, this is – it's always a delicate line to walk for me. Because if you say championship or bust, holy smokes, man. Conference championship, all right. But national championship? It's not as easy as Bama's making it look. In time, maybe we'll be there. But I'm excited for camp. It's here. Steely and Thune will be all over it. Josh, have a great week. Great week. Going to go drive, car, 21 hours with my mother-in-law and my two kids and my wife. Pray for me. Y'all have a great weekend. Steely and Thune are next. Travis Davidson in today with Tyler McComas. We'll see you back here on a Monday on The Plank Show.